0: Hello, America, and welcome to the Tuesday edition of John Solomon Reports, a podcast from Justin News. Hey, just in case you don't know, you only got four days left to Christmas, so you got to get your shopping done really quickly if you're uh, one of those procrastinators, well, like me, and I got some good ideas. Our friends at Omaha Steaks have great gifts. Our friends at Annie's Kit Club have great gifts. Our friends at Wild Alaskan have great gifts. Support them. Make a last-minute buy, get a last-minute gift sent, and you'll be supporting our journalism and supporting the people who do it. So just a thought. All right, we got a busy show today. Very exciting. Senator Burt Jones, state senator from Georgia, a Republican now running for lieutenant governor. He's got some pretty strong ideas about a back-to-the-future, that's right, back-to-the-future solution for voting. He wants to get rid of voting machines and go back to paper ballots, not because uh, necessarily the machines have done anything wrong, but because he thinks it will increase voter confidence in the system, create a better auditing trail, and, of course, he'd also like to get rid of those drop boxes that became so symbolic of the dispute in the November 2020 election, drop boxes out in corners Sometimes covered by camera, sometimes not. Uh, A lot of people think that that is a weakness in the system that scares voters off. He wants to get rid of both. We're going to talk to him about that and about many other developments in the always interesting political scene in Georgia. That'll be our main guest today. Before we get to that, just real quickly, a really important story that broke on our site tonight. I think it's something you'll want to dial into. You know, listen, we're a year, 11 months or so, 10 to 11 months before the next election. Right now, early on, way early, it looks like Republicans have a strong advantage, right? There's a lot of retirements on the Democratic side. Joe Biden's numbers are in the tank. The generic ballot is, for the first time, advantageous to Republicans in ways we haven't seen in a half century or more. It looks like the Republicans could pick up seats, maybe take control of Congress in 2022. Well, here's one of the things. They're not there yet. Obviously, a lot more history must be made first. But here's something interesting. You ready for this? I knew you would be. Already, the Republicans who would become chairman of different committees are beginning to think about what investigations, what oversight they would like to conduct of the Biden administration. That's interesting, a year out. You know, the last time Republicans had control in 2017, they whiffed on a lot of important oversight issues. Paul Ryan and his troops did not do the sort of oversight of leftover issues from the Obama years, the Democrats' behavior in the Justice Department. And of course, they let Democrats and liberal activists dominate the oversight hearings with questions about Russia collusion, which we now know were completely contrived by Hillary Clinton's campaigns. Well, this group, people like Jim Jordan, they don't intend on making that same mistake. They already have plans for what they're going to do. And if you go check us out today at Just the News, you will see on the front page an important story. Yes, you're right. It's an important story. It's called, you ready? Get ready from Fauci to Big Tech GOP already has clear investigative targets in mind if it wins back Congress. Yep. Anthony Fauci, he's going to be on the witness stand should Republicans get control. They want to find out why we bungled so much of the early response to the COVID-19 pandemic and also what were we doing really at the Wuhan Institute of Virology? A lot of Republicans don't buy the current story. That the NIH folks, Anthony Fauci, uh, are giving. They're still concerned that a lab leak may have been the cause of this virus. They believe that there may have been gain of function research resumed in China. We don't know, right? Even the intelligence community with all of its most awesome tools say they don't know. It could be a lab leak. It could not be. It could be natural evolution. Well, big tech censorship, Jim Jordan told me, and you heard him on this show, say he'd like to go back and Get rid of Section 230 or reform Section 230 so that these big tech companies, Twitter, Facebook, Google, etc have some liability if they censor, harm, restrain free speech. Very important thing there. Well, Kevin McCarthy also has a lot of big targets. Here are some of the big targets, right? Who leaked the IRS documents on billionaires to ProPublica? That's a big one. Did the NSA monitor or unmask journalists like Tucker Carlson? That's an open one. Why are the illegal aliens crossing the southern U.S. border so easily? And why, why are they being, and where are they being shipped to? What's going on there? Of course, more on the bungled withdrawal of U.S. troops. Democrats have done some good hearings on that, but there's a lot more to be found there. And here's one you haven't heard a lot about. We're doing some great investigative reporting on this. I think after the first of the year, you're going to learn about this. But there was a massive multi-billion dollar JEDI cloud computing contract at the Pentagon that pitted Microsoft against Jeff Bezos and Amazon. There's a lot of questions of shenanigans there, even questions about whether the inspector general of the Pentagon, the independent watchdog, really did an independent review. Those are some of the other investigative questions that are going to be on there and of course everybody wants to know more about what the justice department was up to when it ordered the fbi to target parents investigate parents for protesting school board policies such as critical race theory those are i'd say the top seven or eight agenda items that republicans already have and here's something they're likely to do what my reporting indicates some of these chairmen may already this year a year before the election send out preservation notices saying dear federal agency. Dear President Biden, dear Vice President Kamala Harris, please preserve the following records in case we get in charge because we're going to request them and investigate them. All very important stuff. That's an important story that's been breaking here today. We hope you keep an eye on that. We have a lot of other great breaking news on the site today. Check it out. But we're going to take a quick commercial break when we come back. Senator Burt Jones, yes, great football player, University of Georgia, entrepreneur, and now state senator running for lieutenant governor. He's here to talk about some pretty big ideas he has for changing elections even more in Georgia. There was already a reform law last year, but he wants to go further. You don't want to miss that conversation right after this commercial break. Hey, folks, have you heard of cancer-fighting foods? The American Cancer Society discovered diets rich in fruits and vegetables may actually lower All right, folks, welcome back from the commercial break. As promised, a very special guest. You may have known him as a star football player at the university of Georgia, former captain of the football team, a successful businessman in Georgia, a state Senator, and now the Donald Trump endorsed candidate for Lieutenant governor in the state of Georgia. Joining me right now is state Senator Bert Jones. Senator, good to have you on.
1: Hey, good afternoon, John. It's good to be with you and always good to hear your voice and be on your show. And, uh, Hope y'all. Uh, hope you got all your Christmas shopping done <laughs> this week.
0: I might be a little tardy on that, but I got a few more days. I got a few more days. <laughs> <laughs> Me,
1: so, too. Me that's,
0: too. That's so. good. You know, you've know, you gotten a lot of momentum in your candidacy for lieutenant governor. Obviously, President Trump endorsed you. That's a big deal. Uh, but one of the things that distinguishes you, not only from other candidates in the Georgia races, but really, quite frankly, anywhere in the country. There's just a handful like Josh Mandel in Ohio. Very few that are campaigning on a very clear platform of what the next wave of election integrity legislation needs to be done. How do we continue to improve and make our system more secure so that people can vote easier and have a harder time cheating? Why did you pick that as a topic? And what's been the reaction among the great residents of Georgia?
1: Well, I mean, I picked it as a topic because it's been on people's minds for the last year. Uh, And, uh, and it's, and it's important. I don't think there's anything more important really than the integrity of your, of the, uh, of the vote. And, uh, I maintain that this is something that, that shouldn't be a, a, a partisan issue even though it's turned into one because you've had three election cycles now where the outcome of uh, 2016, 2018 here in Georgia and 2020 where the, the results of the elections were put into significant question. and uh, But none of them are greater than what uh, happened in 2020 uh, and where we had a consent order that was agreed to with the our secretary of State in the democratic party uh which made it impossible to uh, police with the drop boxes and the signature the lack of signature verification yep. uh, the for chain people. of custody uh the chain of custody issues and things of that nature and then the people that uh, just really don't trust the machines that uh, are being used here in the state of georgia so um i think that uh i, I have uh I uh, made it a part of my platform because uh, it's, it's it's too important uh, in the whole in the grand scheme of things. If people do not trust the the process, thing their uh, officials uh, going down the road, uh, then you you got a problem, you know. Yeah, uh, and uh, and and you cease to have a democracy essentially if if that continues. And and uh, so that I do think it's important that uh, we continue to uh, work on uh, uh, improving. Uh, that process, uh, but also you, you, you know, you. In order to fix anything, you got to admit you have a problem. And for a lot of the elected officials here in the state of Georgia, they wanted to turn a blind eye or, or yeah. not listen to the constituents uh, when they were talking about issues that they had during the this last election cycle. So um, that uh, is it, it, there are there are uh, and. And lo and behold, John, you wouldn't believe, but there are some candidates now that are all, they're running on that here in the state of Georgia that were not a part of uh, wanting any part of it uh, when it mattered. And that was back in, uh, particularly the runoff situation here in Georgia, where we had two U.S. Senate seats on the line. And uh, I knew, I knew if we allowed that consent order to stay in place, uh, those two seats would be lost, and that's exactly
0: what happened, yeah, uh, no doubt about it the um When you look at the election integrity slate, obviously Georgia passed a bill in March, which the Justice Department is suing to try to block, but uh, uh, that made some improvements. When you look at the next phase, what are some of the things you want to tackle to make Georgia safer to vote, easier to vote, and that could be replicated also in other states that haven't even begun the process that Georgia has begun? Mm -hmm.
1: Yeah. Well, uh, the drop boxes were never legal in the state of Georgia. Uh, The the consent order allowed them to be used. One of the issues I had with 202 was that the Senate Bill 202, that was the election integrity bill that we passed here in Georgia, was that they actually validated drop boxes. They, They made drop boxes legal in 202. Now, they can't be spread out all over metro Atlanta like they were last time. They have to be designated to the uh, designated precincts. Uh, however, I feel like if you can take your absentee ballot to, uh, to a designated precinct during um, operational hours, you know, uh, then, then why do you need the drop box? You just hand it in to the uh, designated attendant for that. And uh, so I don't think that uh, drop boxes in any situation are necessary so uh, but we did uh validate them in 202 and i think that was that was something that i was i was uh, thought was a flaw about that bill and and you know was very vocal about it however it got included because of our leadership let it happen but also you know the machines are is a big issue as well people uh, whether whether there's anything wrong with the machines or not uh you know i've never i'm i can't i i can not i can not sit here and say that uh, that that uh the appropriate authorities have examined them, however, I do know that the electric do not trust them, and uh so I think that we need to move towards uh um, getting rid of getting rid of the third party vendors and the machinery uh completely and allow our counties to have the ability to go to paper ballots or or choose uh their own their own um, equipment themselves instead of mandating it like we like we have right now.
0: So you definitely would be in favor, and there's some talk that in the next legislative session early next year, that you may go back and correct that element of the law or change that element of the reform law from last March and get rid of the drop boxes entirely. You, you would support that, correct?
1: Oh, yeah, I, I support getting rid of uh, drop boxes uh, entirely. And like I said, even though it's, it is uh, being presented by, by people seeking, uh, seeking headlines and who have never been, never been for it, Uh, This is one of those situations where uh, the the, the election cycle is is might might you might actually get good policy out of uh, people trying to trying to use it as an election tool.
0: And what's your feeling in terms of your colleagues in the Senate and the the House? Do you think uh, there is enough support to get it through and that this will be one of the big changes for going into 2022?
1: Yeah, I think I think it will uh, it will succeed uh, uh, in getting through, and you know, also uh, something I hope that gets through the bill that I dropped last year, Senate Bill 233, uh, okay. which eliminates the eliminates the machines as well, and uh, and goes to a um, a paper ballot, uh, you know, a paper ballot that is yeah. also scanned, so that you can uh, reconcile the uh, the, uh, the the voting the votes as they come in. You've got you've got not only Uh, a hard copy with a scan copy, but it'd be paper ballots as opposed to the machines being being the sole sole voting process.
0: Sure. There are more and more people starting to pick up on these ideas that you've been advocating for some time, and it seems like there's some momentum towards that. When you look at Stacey Abrams, you've got two dynamics going on. You've got the Democratic Justice Department trying to sue Georgia to stop or block this law, and then you've got you know, the, the Democrats voting uh, chief, as I call her, uh, Stacey Abrams, she's advocating uh, to overturn this law, He's tried to portray it as an effort at suppression of votes. You know, when, when very smart residents of Georgia, when they hear this, uh, they hear suppression, they hear, what do you think they're interpreting Stacey Abrams as really saying?
1: She's wanting to federalize elections, which is uh, is which is the worst thing that can happen. The federal government, they they can't. I've never known them be able to do anything right. And uh, the last thing I want them to do is I think elections should be handled or uh, handled best at the local level. Uh, and uh, and I do not want the uh, bureaucrats in D.C. Uh, running elections, uh, statewide elections here in our state or any state for that matter. Uh, and when you t- when they talk about suppressing the vote, I don't know how nineteen days of early voting, weekend voting uh having to show proof of identif- having to show a proof of identification if you don't have a driver's license, you would be issued a, uh, uh, a, a, a issued a state uh, voting ID by on behalf uh, by the state of Georgia uh, so that you can show some identification uh, at the, at the voting booth. I don't know how that could be considered. Uh, suppressing the vote. I mean, like I said, just the three weeks alone of early voting and weekend voting is uh, is, is that, that that doesn't sound like uh, any anybody that's trying to prevent people from voting, and then and then having to show identification or show right. that you are who you say you are. Uh, proof of that is, I mean, you have you can't get on the airline flight that's right. without showing that. Can't even buy a you know, six pack, you, you pack of beer. Yeah, you can't. Yeah, you can't buy. Certain products at the C store, whether it be tobacco or alcohol products, right. at a convenience store or package store. So, uh, and there's and, and a lot of times he wants you to show ID when you present a credit card in yeah. a retail store. So, so this idea that uh, that 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 the measure uh, that uh, that legislature did this past session is somehow suppressing the vote uh, is uh, is just a it's a flawed argument in my opinion. It's one that. Uh, is just trying to uh, uh, just uh, be a saber rattler, you know, uh, and, and try to um, uh, present opposition and anger towards uh, the Republican Party. Yeah. And uh, I think a lot of people read through that, but there are, you know, there are a good number of people buying into it. Yeah, that's what's kind are. of concerning about it.
0: Yep, there definitely are. You know, the interesting thing is when you look at the polling. You take away the rhetoric for a second. Take away Stacey Abrams' rhetoric. Take away the DOJ's. A lawsuit. You just ask people: Do you support having a strong photo ID requirement? Seventy, eighty percent of people say absolutely. So it's very popular, and it seems sure. as though the the Democrats, and particularly Stacey Abrams, are they're actually campaigning against something that's very, very popular. It's going to be very interesting to see how people react to her candidacy when when that's brought to light and a better education campaign. Do you think Republicans need to do a better job messaging their election intentions? They they're always getting pigeonholed. They're letting the the left often uh define what what they're doing you you have been very aggressive about defining it yourself but do you think more in your party you need to step up
1: oh i think yeah i think more people in 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 my in my party do need to be more vocal about it and and stop giving in to the the fear the fear tactics that uh the democratic party has gotten so good at, at uh enforcing or trying to apply to uh individuals right. who disagree with them i think that uh I think there's no question that uh, what, but I, but I will say this: we are at a disadvantage because, quite frankly, uh, there's not a lot of media outlets like yours, uh, John, who are, who are conservative leaning. Most, most of these media outlets here in Georgia uh, have a have a uh, left left lean or liberal, liberal sure. narrative about them. So it is it is very hard uh, to uh, to out message uh you know when you when the kind of the deck is stacked against you but uh but more people do need to become a lot more vocal about uh something that like i said it's uh uh we, we created something that is basically easier to vote harder to cheat and uh and it's uh and i don't know how you can argue with three weeks of early voting weekend voting and show an identification. most of our country's history
0: we didn't have that luxury and uh uh, you know it's pretty remarkable people forget that but we didn't have that level of luxury until recently so we have made it easier to vote over the last two or three or four or five election cycles man Uh, i want to pivot for a second because over the weekend your state our country lost a great uh, leader uh, johnny isaacson great Great politician, U.S. senator, uh, a champion of veterans, a champion of children in schools. He was one of the driving forces behind No Child Left Behind. Your thoughts and reflections on on losing one of the great elder statesmen of, of the uh, Georgia.
1: Well, you said it right. I mean, uh, Johnny Isaacson was a was a prince of a guy. I mean, just a prince of a man. Uh, not a finer person in public office, public service, than, than Johnny Isakson. He gave his entire, uh, just about his entire adult. Life to public service, and uh, and he is uh, one of those that uh, they don't. They only come around once in a lifetime. One of those that was liked uh, universally liked by people on both sides of the aisle, and uh, and he was a um, even though he was a strong conservative, uh, he was uh, he had one of those personalities and had one of those uh, unique um, abilities to connect with people, uh, even when they didn't agree with him on on his, on his. You know his issues or whatever, but uh, yeah. he's a uh, he was a dear friend uh, to our family, and i would just like to say Dan and I, along with uh, my father, who graduated University of Georgia with Johnny, served with Johnny, and and uh, in the legislature. Uh, our, our entire family uh, sends our um, heart, heartfelt uh, condolences to the Isaacson family, and I um, hope they know we'll be praying for them, but. Uh, what a what a what a phenomenal phenomenal career! What a great what a great legacy and and, and just an even better person uh, that we lost this past weekend and, and Senator Johnny Isakson.
0: Yeah, and a man you know, if he had a political difference with you, he still found a way to be congenial. And I think that in this era of bomb throwing, it's interesting that he could be such a gentleman and yet be so effective in getting conservative ideas through the Senate or wherever he was working. He's a remarkable throwback to an era when that was more common and a big loss for America and certainly for your great state. So now we're going to take a quick break, come right back to you. We're going to take a quick commercial break so we can hear from our great sponsors.
1: Get 80% off your impression kit when you use code WONDERY at Byte.com. That's B-Y-T-E dot com. Start your confidence journey today with
0: Byte. All right, welcome back from the commercial break. More with our interview here now with Senator Burt Jones. As you step back now and you look at where we are, your reaction this week into Joe Manchin saying, under no circumstance, am I voting for the BBB as it is right now? How does that play out over the next few months? And what do Georgians think about Manchin holding the line?
1: Well, I'm you know, I'm proud of the senator from West Virginia. Uh, I, I, you know, what they're proposing is just maddening, really. You know, they uh, I, I absolutely applaud uh, the senator because uh, I know there's a lot of pressure on him to um, uh, get this, uh, uh, or, or pressure by his party trying to get this next step of uh, absolute, um, uh, you know, social social programs out uh, and running. But uh, uh, hopefully he will stay strong. Uh, the, uh, you know, the the, the the worst thing people in D.C. can do is, is I wish I wish sometimes I wish D.C. I think, I wish they would take this Christmas break right now, and I wish they would just stay there until uh, next year. You know, because uh, every time they try to, every time they try to. Fix they're better when they're it, on it, vacation it is what work. you're saying, huh? <laughs> oh, no question. No question about it. I wish they'd just go home and, and take a year off and, uh, and, and leave the American people alone. Because, uh, uh, we do, we do a lot better without, them, uh, in there always trying to, uh, always trying to fix a, fix yeah. a problem, which when, which they, I think they create more when they, when they, uh, when they get in there and they start working. Uh, with idle hands, but, uh, uh, but yeah, my, my hats off to the senator. Like I said, hopefully he will, um, stay the course and, and realize it's not in the best interest of the country, uh, with, what the, uh, Biden administration is trying to do right now.
0: Yeah. So he's enduring a lot of criticism from the left, but I think there's a lot of relief in the center and the right of the country. And it's going to be very interesting to see how the next. Few months play out on that front, whether they well, go back. Well, I or, can,
1: I can, t- I can tell you. All he needs to do is listen to the people who put him there from West right. Virginia, because I can tell you, I've I've been to West Virginia on many occasions, and. And that that is a ruby red leaning state, it sure is. Uh, as far as the, with
0: their ideas, and, and they're and clear about where process. they are. Listen, they, people are worried about this inflation. You you tweet about it a lot, and you were one of the early guys, really, before before the media recognized this was runaway inflation. Uh, you know, they were calling it what were they calling it uh, uh, temporary or fleeting? Or uh, you you were you saw this for what it is, which is. When inflation goes up this quickly, it's a tax. It seems as though the residents of West Virginia figured that, obviously Manchin figured it out. When does the rest of the country, particularly the blue states, start to realize that this inflation is a really negative long-term consequence to America?
1: well I, I realized it early because I'm in business by yeah, myself that's and right. uh, and so we we were seeing it uh with our supply chains we were seeing it at seeing it at the street level with our retail outlets and everything so and uh and we're, and and then our employee base you know i mean look the there there is a the the quickest way to hit uh the consumer or the American public with a tax. Is through inflation, and uh, when you have runaway inflation, the cost of gas, cost of food, cost of any all living uh, goes up. Uh, it it changes people's habits very quickly, and you can see that when you're in business, uh, you can see see it firsthand that uh, uh, your sales go down. Uh, you know, you, you know, people aren't moving around as much, and uh, and uh, and uh, and they and you can feel it in just being around people you know, people on a day-to-day basis. So the reason why unlike a lot of these other politicians didn't see it coming or these news outlets because they're not they're not in they're not they're not seeing it on the where the rubber meets the road like like I do and like our company does because uh, uh, it uh, it's definitely going to be an impact. Is going I think it's going to get worse before it gets better, and uh, it is uh, it's hurting. Uh, the uh, it's hurting, hurting, uh, everyone, um, across the board, whether from the every, the everyday average, uh, uh, restaurant worker to, uh, fast food to, uh, uh, even uh, all the way, all the way up to your, 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 um, you know, banking executives or whatever. Uh, it, it will grind your economy to a halt, uh, if, uh, if, uh, if you're not, uh, if you're not careful and then the policies out of dc just absolutely they just magnify the problem more than anything so yeah so yeah so i saw it firsthand
0: yeah just this week you've got president biden wanting to increase the mileage standards once again on cars that that's something that ultimately will result most likely in more expensive cars because someone has to pass the cost of that work on the the company can't absorb it so it it seems as though we're always adding to inflationary uh, pressures you tweeted out um uh, over the weekend, or uh, I guess yesterday, how important it is to get more business people into Congress. That business people bring a rooted common sense uh, to the world where, of politics, where often ideology and you know living in nirvana gets uh, distorts the, the picture. Do you think more people like yourself, who you know went from business to politics, are inspired after seeing you know the, the disasters in Washington?
1: Yeah, I hope so. I hope so. I, I think you need, we need more bi- business people in in politics because I think that's what's wrong with uh, uh, our country and and in some cases our state is the fact that you have so many people that have this idea of how uh, government ought to operate uh, and but and how business and government ought to coincide with one another. But uh, but until you've uh, experienced uh, uh, firsthand, the policies or uh, how how uh, uh dramatic policies can change uh, uh business climate uh until you see it firsthand i don't think i don't think you can have a good grasp on it and uh, i do bring that to the table uh and uh and i do think that uh you know that it, i think that this uh, idea that that uh, bigger government is going to uh uh, help health uh, this capitalistic economy that we've that we love in this country is is uh, is a is a major flaw you know you, you, you take 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 what's going on in the energy sector right now uh this this war on on uh fossil fuel and, yeah. and coal and and everything that's not uh um, quote unquote clean energy uh, you know is 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 absolutely um uh, crazy because I maintain that when the technology gets to the point where it's affordable, uh, to, to use, uh, products that, uh, uh, that the Biden administration keeps pushing to, then the consumer will purchase it. But sit, to sit here and, and absolutely, um, uh, 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 you know, demonize an industry that has, that has fueled or, 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 uh, kept our economy flow- going for years uh is uh, is absolutely something that I think is, is un American and it's uh and it's and it's bad for it's bad for business uh yeah. and it's and ultimately it's bad for the consumer because uh, uh forcing uh, these alternative uh, means of energy on to people is is just gonna be uh, costly uh at every level uh for for uh, businesses, uh, employers, employees, and, and the consumer as a whole, and uh, I, I really uh, think that uh, uh, I don't, I don't, I don't know why why some of the um, traditional uh, energy uh, uh, sectors aren't pushing back harder than what they are on this narrative because uh, you know they just keep cramming this narrative that. Uh, if, you know, the world's gonna come to an end unless everybody's driving electric vehicles, you know, and, uh, and that's just not, that's just not the case, in my opinion. But, uh, uh, it it is a narrative that is, uh, being jammed down our, jammed down our throat at, at every turn, it seems like. Yeah,
0: there's no doubt about it. All right, before we let you go, we got to talk a little football because we can't have a University of Georgia Bulldog star on here without asking, how's this playoff going to end up? Do you see an Alabama-Georgia rematch maybe in January?
1: Oh, yeah. Well, you know, we let Alabama feel good about that win. <laughs> we, we, just, we, 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 just, we got them right where we want them, John. We got them right where we want them. They're feeling good. We're going to take care of Michigan, and, uh, and then we'll head on out to Indianapolis and – and and the the real the real Georgia team will
0: show up uh, uh
1: and, and and in a rematch hopefully against Alabama. So, yeah,
0: a lot of people thinking that it's uh, such a great program. But you look at well, both schools, Alabama and Georgia, both are just such powerhouses, and the quality they put out every year is just remarkable.
1: Oh yeah, they got two two. Well, you got two great coaches. You do, and uh, and leadership matters, and and uh, you've got uh, Nick Saban, who is he's the gold standard right now Absolutely. in college football, and. And everybody else is just uh, trying to trying to uh, knock him off, and uh, he's uh, he's it, 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 it look. And I I respect the heck out of Coach Saban, but I, I love Coach Smart, and I, and I think it's uh, it's his time to shine. And and like I said, we took a took took our lumps uh, in that SEC championship game, but I think uh, I, I'm looking forward to hopefully another rematch. I want Alabama too. I, mean, I, I, I think a player. lot of
0: people do. I mean, that'd be a fun game. There's no doubt.
1: Oh yeah, absolutely, absolutely. Well, if you don't get Alabama, then there always be that that uh, that that question. If you were to win it all, everybody say, well, you know, they they uh, I, I want in order to be in order in order to be king, got to beat the king, and I want I want I want the best out there. So um, so hopefully they'll 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 bring it home, and I know it'll be a huge uh, boost to the University of Georgia program, which is a program I dearly loved i got a lot of got a lot of strong feelings towards that program for obvious reasons and and um so i think we'll do fine
0: it's going to be a fun january no doubt with elections starting and the new campaign season some election integrity uh debates back in the senate and of course a great football game on the horizon senator i can't thank you enough for joining us and i want to wish you an early uh, you and your family an early uh a merry christmas and a blessed new year hey.
1: Also, I want to say this, John, while I got you on the program. Sure. On January 7th, I've got Jason Aldean coming and doing a concert for me.
0: How about that? Uh, Some country guy uh, uh, royalty there.
1: Yeah. Yeah, there you go. And so if anybody's interested in attending that, it's going to be a, a small private venue. And if anybody uh, – uh, well, it's open to whoever wants to buy tickets to it, but uh, it's going to be a smaller uh, venue. and, and uh, But I think we're going to have – uh, it's going to be a good show and – and uh, if anybody's interested in in attending that, please go to our website dot com. And uh, if you're in the if you're in the uh, Athens, Georgia area on on a Friday night on January seventh, please go and reserve your seat for the concert.
0: So, that sounds like you know, a big moment. I appreciate you having me on. Uh, It's an honor to have you on, sir. I want to wish you a Merry Christmas. Happy New Year. We'll have you back on after the first year to follow all these exciting things going on in Georgia, particularly in Election Integrity. I think 2022 is going to be a very big year for that issue.
1: Absolutely. Absolutely. And I appreciate the opportunity. And y'all have a Merry Christmas and a Happy New Year. And
0: look forward to being on your show again in the near future. Sounds great, sir. All right, folks, we're going to take a quick commercial break. When we come back, we're going to wrap things up for the day. Find love at first drive and start shopping now at CarMax.com. CarMax, the way car buying should be. All right, folks, that wraps up another edition of John Solomon Reports. So grateful that you joined us. Hey, four days to Christmas, you still have time. Omaha Steaks, definitely check them out. They've got great gifts. And even if they can't get the shipment to you, they'll send a card telling people it's coming. Annie's Kit Clubs, a gift that gives right away, crafting all our good friends at Wild Alaska Company. We love them. They're doing great work. Check them all out. Give them some love. You'll get some great Christmas gifts. You'll make people happy and you'll be supporting Justin News and John Solomon Reports, the journalism that you've come to appreciate. All right, folks, have a great night. We'll talk to you tomorrow. Until then. May God bless you and may God bless this extraordinary country, the United States, as he always has. You've been listening to John Solomon Reports, a podcast from Just the News, where we've got you covered 24-7 on breaking news and always accountability journalism. Folks, everyone knows the next medical crisis is just around the corner, whether it comes in the form of a pandemic or something much more mundane like a tick bite.